0: Welcome to Talking Giants presented by Seeky. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner here with my co-host, Justin Penick. And the Giants, <laughs> some news came out today. Daniel Jones cleared for contact and Leonard Williams was traded for a 2024 second round pick and a 2025 fifth round pick. Justin, we talked about on the recap pod that Jonathan Jones had talked about Leonard Williams being available for the right price. And we're like, well, the right price could mean anything. Well, a second round pick and a fifth round pick sure as hell is the right price. And we'll break it all down, Justin. but. I love Leonard Williams and wish we weren't in a situation where we were selling pieces off. But this is this is as good as a trade deadline move as a team that's selling could make.
1: Yeah, the price is right, man. Where you know, again, I I really wish that we weren't in this situation. I really wish that the Giants were on a three-game winning streak and Daniel Jones is cleared and you know cleared for contact coming up, up up against the Raiders with some winnable games on the schedule, and we're looking at the second half of this year saying, hey, you never know what could be uh, even with a bad team and even with a bad year. But, you know, instead, gets a good deal. We're back in that little... We always were kind of rebuilding, right? Back in that little bit of a rebuilding phase, trading away a good player that I really like, uh, certainly had a complicated history here always think he was underappreciated for how he was acquired and how much money he was getting paid by Dave Gettleman and that terrible contract but um yeah this is a good this is a very very good deal for the giants uh now they traded away Leonard Williams 4 years later they initially traded for him they get more value in this trade away a couple years later than they did when they initially acquired him from the jets
0: yeah we got a we got a we tri- we did a second and third round pick swap for a 4 year rental of, of Lenny Williams, a very expensive rental, but, but a four year rental. Um, yeah, obviously Lenny Williams losing him does hurt this team, but again, he's an expiring contract. And when they didn't touch his deal just in the offseason, the writing was kind of on the wall that they, that he wasn't going to be brought back because his contract made the sense, the most sense to touch after they, uh, moved some of Adora Jackson's cap money around. Uh, And we talked about like he's going to garner a lot in free agency. Now, I think he's going to I think he would have garnered less than we thought in the offseason because he hasn't had his best season this year, although still very good and underappreciated. But now he might do it because he's got leverage all over on a team that traded for him at the deadline. Again,
1: it's so crazy how this is like, again, a team did this again for him except not only just giving up a third round pick they gave up a second a second round pick which is a you know a top 60 pick in the nfl draft which is so so crazy
0: if next gen had uh, a cash earned over expectation stat leonard williams would be number one in the league because he got the he got franchise tagged off of a half a sack and then had the career year and gets the big deal and now he's getting leverage again and a and a booming defensive tackle market by the way too but again these second round picks a fifth round pick i think i think a lot of people would have just accepted a fifth round pick and i wouldn't have loved it but i would have accepted and been okay with it but not not celebrating it but second round picks are so so valuable right and with the way the seahawks season is going you see them having essentially the same draft slot that the giants had last year and we got jms with that last year, right? So think about like last year, how they're the difference between JMS and Jalen Hyatt and trading up for Hyatt ended up trading up for Hyatt. Well, if you put these picks next year, we won the Giants could just pick someone at the top of the second and then you could take, you know, JMS or Jalen Hyatt or whoever was there. So I. I Second round picks, man, you look at the NFL and you look at some of the best players in the NFL and a lot of them are second round picks. Like as much as the draft can be a crapshoot, the best players in the league are made up of first and second round uh, picks.
1: Some of the best picks in franchise history have been second round picks too. And that's like, I know this may not matter that much, but this has been across a lot of different GMs and a lot of different years for the Giants. Uh, guys have been second-round picks, and they turn out to be like Ring of Honor members. So um, good good for the Giants. The only, I mean, I guess the only bad downside of it is when it isn't really even that much of a downside because downside, I don't really care about cap space when we're in season. I care about next year's cap space, and I care about cap space when, when we're in the off season. The Giants basically ate the entirety of this Leonard Williams contract. I believe they converted—so they renegotiated with Leonard Williams. They converted it to a signing bonus.
0: You're wrong, you're wrong. Um, they converted it into DraftKings cash. And we're back oh. with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook. It's keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 and instantly in bonus bets. Throw $5 on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Mm, September. This this November, I, I would assume. Football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download, uh, so download the app now and sign up with code World. New customers can bet just five dollars to get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Only a DraftKings sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code World. The crown is yours. Gambling for your problem? Call one gambler or visit one 800 gamblernet In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsible on behalf of a casino and resort, Kansas licensee partner, golden nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook. slash foot dot com slash football turns for eligibility terms and responsibility. gain resources bonus best expires seven days after issuance, eligibility deposit, restrictions apply. you we're glad you did explain the financials of this deal. Justin.
1: Yeah. So I'm just going to read this straight off from, from Dan Duggan's Dan Duggan's tweet. Um, New, so this is also coming from Albert Breer, and then Dan Duggan quote tweeted it. New Seahawks defensive lineman Leonard Williams says ten million dollars due for the rest of this twenty twenty three. Seattle will only be responsible for the prorated veteran minimum, with the Giants converting the rest to a signing bonus and picking that up pre-trade. So the Giants today, today's two, uh, Monday, right? So by Monday by four p.m., the Giants had with you know anybody that they wanted to renegotiate a deal maybe with the intention of trading them. So the Giants did that before 4 p.m. today, and then therefore they traded one Leonard Williams on Monday. So this is from Dan Duggan. Giants are paying $9 million uh, for second and fifth round picks. Imagine there will be some cap saving this year since he had a void year in 2024 that some of the signing bonus conversion will get pushed to. And then this is Dan Duggan continued. Unless the Giants add more void years, which I don't think that they would, they really haven't, Done that a lot. I think this trade will create approximately four point seven million dollars in cap savings this year, and add four point seven million dollars in dead money to the existing void year in twenty twenty four, bringing Williams's twenty twenty four dead money total to ten point seven million dollars.
0: Little confusing. so they're obviously like they're taking the financial brunt of this deal, right? It's not a, it's not it's not helping them financially. But again, like it's worth the picks. I would if I tweeted out earlier Justin, I, I'd pay an extra million dollars of cap space to get a second and fifth round pick. Um but they aren't getting any financial so they get some they free up some cap space this year to get through the season, but they're yeah. but they they don't like they're not saving any money in the long run. They're just they're just pushing it to next year.
1: Right. It's expensive, but I think it's, you know, like you said, it's worth it. I mean, getting a top 60 pick is worth it.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, you do that 10 times out of 10. Now, I, I love watching Leonard Williams play, and I thought he was underappreciated, like you said, at the top due to his contract and the trade. But if you look over his lifespan as a Giant, he's been a top 10 defensive tackle in the NFL Yeah, um, in that time. And he's always been super professional. Um, he's been a good teammate from everything we've heard. Like he's kind of been one of those guys in the locker room. And so, it's always it is always sad to see a giant who's been here for a while go. Like he's probably like after Dex, he probably has the most defensive snaps on the Giants. Like for the Giants on the team,
1: I always root for like I always say guys that are like my favorite Giants, Bobby. Like, growing up, I said O.C. Uminura was my favorite Giant. Like, of course, Eli Manning was my favorite Giants player. Of course, right? I have a, you know, I have a jersey of him behind me. But that was everybody's favorite player. So I said growing up, like, O.C. Uminura, Ahmad Bradshaw, some of the underrated guys. Leonard Williams has been my favorite player to root for as a Giants podcaster since 2019. He's been my favorite player to root for. Um, And I don't... A lot of it has to do with narratives and fighting some battles online and looking past how he was acquired and looking past contract and looking past this, looking past that. A lot of it has to do with defending him, but he was my favorite player throughout these last couple of years. Um, so it, I'm sad to see. I'm sad to see him go. Him and Dex together, by the way, they were one of the best, if not the best, interior defensive line duos of the last couple of years, and. Even when Leonard Williams wasn't getting the sacks, and even though he wasn't getting maybe even the pressures and the QB hits that I've wanted him to over the last couple of years, dude, he, he still won. He was still a good pass rusher. Um, you know, his run still defense
0: is very underappreciated. Still
1: very good against the run. Um, you know, he was not worth the thirty million dollars that his cap hit was taking up this year, one hundred percent. But that does not ignore the fact that he's still one of the best interior defensive linemen. In the National Football League, in a position, by the way, that I think when we acquired him, Bobby, in 2019, I don't think interior defensive linemen had like the reputation, the same reputation that it does now. Where I think the positional, in, pr- in terms of positional value, I think the interior D line, it's going up because the more guys that you want to drop back into coverage. If those guys up front can take care of their business, getting it to the quarterback number one, but also more importantly stopping the run, so you don't have to put a million guys in the box, even though Wink does it anyway.
0: Two gapping.
1: You know, if the, if those guys could take care of their business up front, it makes you so much better against the pass because you can worry. You can have the secondary players and the linebackers worry about defending the pass.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, basically the defensive tackle market popped the year after uh, he got his contract is when it started going off. Um, so yeah, he's, he, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be missed, right? But now it's, it's going to be good evaluation for other guys, right? Like A'shaun Robinson is a starting defensive tackle in the NFL. He's going to get those snaps most likely in those two D lineman sets. Um, and then Nacho is going to be called into a bigger role, right? Where they kind of would put Nacho in on the field when they were going two D lineman with depth. And then they would put A'shaun in the three D line sets where A'shaun was kind of like a starter but he wasn't playing like full-time starter reps cuz they only played him in 3D line sets but the giants do do that a lot. Um so it's going to be interesting to see cuz Ashton's and if you go off Ashton's past film he is absolutely capable of stepping in there even though if he's not a Leonard Williams type uh pass rusher he is um I think as good as him in the run uh, the run game also, I think this is going to be key. K is obviously here for a long time. K has really continued to play amazing outside of that missed tackle versus Breece Hall, which matters. Um, but Mike and McFadden, right? Where K is kind of the reader, like the leader of of that defense. McFadden's gotten to play fast and playing behind Dex and Leonard together. And then when you go three D line sets of having A'shawn, like I know the the edges have been set great. They did versus the Jets. That that makes life a lot easier for a linebacker. Um, and I'll be interested to see how how he looks uh, going forward. So it'll be get some good evaluation for McFadden not behind the combo. Like you still have Dex, right? He's the best. By the way, I was looking at Dex's numbers today, and he is—I mean, he's just a top three defensive tackle in the NFL. He's like one um, of the.
1: He's like one of the. Uh, you can maybe even make the argument. He's like a top ten pass rusher in the NFL right now. This includes with Ed he rushers. He is. He is. He absolutely is. I think what is what is it? I I had the tweet. I had the tweet a little while ago. Hold. I think hold. he's fifth in the
0: NFL for total sacks, QB hold. hits, and pressures.
1: So this is according to PFF, which they track pressures differently than Pro Football Reference. I'm leaning. I'm. I'm leaning more towards PFF as time goes on.
0: I'm only using PFF for player pressure stats and, and now. Oh, no,
1: no more. No more Pro Football Reference.
0: No, because it's just they don't align with everything.
1: The, you know, and I, and I think that's fair. Uh, Dexter I, I still think PFF overestimates. Dexter Lawrence leads all interior defense alignment with 44 pressures and is tied for the league lead with Nick Bosa, which is crazy. He leads all interior defense alignment at pass rush win rate. He's fourth in the league in pass rush productivity behind Miles Garrett, Trey Hendrickson, and Micah Parsons. And he's tied for second in the NFL in QB hits as well. So he, he's not just like one of the. He's not just the best interior defense alignment pass rusher right now. He's like one of the best in the NFL when you include edge rushers too, which is crazy, crazy. Yeah, and
0: we know we know Dex is amazing, but I'm also interested to see what he looks like without Leo. Yes, which we've, yes. we've got actually we got a taste of that last year. who was still great. All right, so I want to go through the Giants' current draft picks, um, and real quickly. Just the Giants now. They have for this year. They have a fir- Their first. Their second. Now they have the Seahawks second. Their own 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th, and then they lost their 7th rounder in the Isaiah Simmons trade. And they- ah, That's a Twitter ad I accidentally scrolled. Ah, We only read our own ads around here. And then the following year, they have their 1st through 5th, their own. Then the Seahawks 5th and the Bills 7th uh, from the pick swap with uh, Boogie Basham in their 7th. They don't have their 6th. Here's what I want to say about J- Joe Shane. And I'm not going to go through all the Joe Shane trades, but I, I look at most of them favorable. We've kind of preached, like, you know, it's kind of been a talking point even before this year went bad. It's like, don't crown Joe Shane yet as a great GM, right? You got to see how good he is as a drafter, right? Sometimes it simply comes down to how good are you evaluated talent in the draft. And obviously, more people are on that uh, on that now that the Giants are not good. What I am very happy with him is how he handles trades. Like, he's consistently won trades. Like, basically, every, like, let's, I mean, I guess I said I want to go through it. So, you trade down from pick 36 to pick 38. You get, uh, Micah McFadden with, uh, uh, with that pick. Then you trade down five spots from 38 to 43. You get Dane Belton and then you draft Juan Dale. Like, even if you don't like Juan Dale, like, that's who he picked, right? And that's the question. But the trade is good. Then you trade Tony for, uh, what ends up being Darren Waller and Trey Hawkins. That's good. The Banks trade, you guys know I'm not in love with that, but you're going up and getting your guy. You give up a fifth and a seventh. I can live with that. The Hyatt trade, moving off 16 spots for a guy you thought was worth the second-round pick. Then the Simmons and Boogie Basham trades, those aren't like slam-dunk great trades, but you are getting rotational players for draft picks that usually don't turn into rotational players. And you're
1: playing a lot of snaps.
0: Yeah, and then Leonard Williams uh, trade. Like, I think if there's one, if you ask me, what has Joe Shane been the best at for a GM right now? Cap management, free agency, drafting. It by to me, it's clearly the way he handles trades.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, and it's not over assigning a value on certain players and certain picks, right? Just because, like, Jay, let's just say, like Jalen Hyatt's your your guy, right? So I'm maybe maybe that is like that that's the one where you jump a lot of spots and maybe you give up maybe you give up something right but you know not slamming the table and be like I'm going to overextend myself and give up way too much to go up 16 spots in the draft so everything has just felt like Joe Shane has been in control and this is even with like contract negotiations too where it's just besides Daniel Jones it's felt like Daniel uh, Joe Shane has like been in control with all of the trades that he's done and you know most of the contract negotiations that he's done. And that's a nice thing where it's like we're not letting the market dictate what Joe Shane does. Joe Shane is dictating what he wants his football team to do.
0: Yeah, and we've seen that Joe Shane has good process. Like that's the one thing we said. Now process does not make a good GM, but he does have good process. Really the only thing you could argue against that would be the Daniel Jones contract, which I do slightly agree. Like when we did the Daniel Jones contract, like Daniel Jones did win that. Yeah, and you could the argument could be made you let him go to open market and don't bid against yourself, but at the end of the day, me and you were both on board resigning him. He just was resigned at like four mil per year more than what we thought uh, the market predicted.
1: I want to revisit one one thing. You know, we were talking a little bit about what the defense will look like for the remainder of this year, and how I'm going to connect that to the draft is because I I do think it it's going to be really, really interesting to see how Dexter Lawrence looks without Leonard Williams. And, you know, you're talking about the linebackers, but I'm specifically talking about this front four, you know, even front five. They like to play with those five, you know, five down linemen sometimes too with like two edge rushers and three interior defensive linemen because now that we're adding another top 100 pick to the mix, another, you know, we have now maybe four picks inside the top 70, top 80, that could very much determine what the Giants are doing and how this Giants interior defensive line plays for the remainder of the year. That could very much determine if the Giants are adding a, a, another big guy day one, day two, you know, day two of the draft. I, I think it really does determine that because Leonard Williams, the reliance on him, he play, and this is from Research Rick. He compiles all the the the, the stat, the snap share numbers every single week. Leonard Williams this year had seventy one percent of all defensive snaps. 46% of all snaps is a tandem with Dexter Lawrence, and 21% in various three defensive lineman sets. And we know <clears throat> just how effective, number one, those three defensive lineman sets have been with Dex, Leo, and A'shaun Robinson on the field. It's been really, really good against the run. And also we know just how good Dex and Leo are on the field together stopping the run. So if there is a clear drop-off in the run defense's performance maybe even dex's performance if there's some clear drop-offs in areas where leo kind of was good in then i think that does determine you know where are the giant's going to be at either spending wise and free agency or even draft wise draft capital wise early in the draft on where they're going to be looking
0: yeah i kind of want some of those guys regardless like I, I value that front so much um but it'll be because so, a on a one-year deal um
1: Nacho's
0: nach- on like a three. Nacho's deal, on but- a. Nacho's around, but Nacho's also not a difference maker. He's a rotational right. guy. At the end of the day, right. uh, we forgot to mention this. I broke the news, basically.
1: Oh, you did. Yes. I had a
0: very, or I had a very lucky guess that, like, wow, oh, yeah. I thought maybe, maybe a second and a fifth could get it done for Leonard Williams. As for 15 minutes, people called me fucking delusional. And look, what do you know, the Giants... And it was just happened to be the team that I thought might be interested in Leonard Williams and the Seattle Seahawks. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. How'd you I do had, it? I, I, had, I had, like, a top-10 day on Twitter for me, and a lot of that comes into the next topic we're going to talk about with Daniel Jones being clear for contact. Um, but it was a nice bow on the arguments I got in with Beat Reporters today to be like, hey, your boy is not just arguing with you. He's getting scoops on the side, too. Um... Yeah, I was shocked when I, when the, if, if someone were to give me a source, when someone told me that I was like shocked at that, um, I mean, second and fifth, like I was like, man, that's hard to believe. Um, but, but, um, I'm pretty good on my guesses. I guess Nick Gates to the commanders. I, I, I guess Darius Slayton to the Falcons. That one was actually a guess. Um, and he almost went there. (laughs) Um, uh, so we, we're, you guessed that Wink Martindale might be going to uh, being interviewed with the Giants, and that ended up happening. Did I, guess,
1: some... did I guess that Saquon Barkley was going to get an MRI on his neck, or was I sure about no, that? No, you
0: were, you were sure. You didn't guess. Sure you, you were that. sure that he was getting an MRI on his neck.
1: Yeah, but congratulations. Uh, I mean, I, I really liked that that, ha- <coughs> that that happened. It couldn't have happened on a better day. <laughs> because of the first half of your day, where you were... I, I was kind of out of it today for, for a couple different reasons, and also I... I, I may have some different opinions from you about DJ being cleared and the whole. There's one thing that is dumb with the whole thing. We're, we're going to talk about it next, but I was very happy for you that that's how you got to end your day when you had basically the entire, you know, blue blue. I guess they're not blue check, but blue check giants beat media coming after you this morning. So, won't you talk to us about something
0: and then we'll talk about that?
1: Yeah, I'll talk to you about something. Uh, goodbye, Leonard Williams. I guess this is like the last time that I get to say it. Goodbye. See if we play the you.
0: Seahawks next year, which we won't because we won't. Do we play the NFC? No, we play the NFC West this year. So we won't play Larry Williams. Actually, he's a free agent. We'll see. <laughs> we could we'll go after him. him.
1: Could go after him. Um, he is one of like the first players ever to not have a – he doesn't have a bye week since the Seahawks just had a bye week, so he's going to play 18 games this year. And guess what? He'll do it since he's an Iron Uh Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek, if you don't know what SeatGeek is. They're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets – Super, super simple, with over 28 million downloads. SeatGeek, they're the number one rated ticketing app out there. It's more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek. Bob, did you hear that Creed is coming to uh, uh, the PNC Bank's Arts Center uh, next I did. year? I did. So you're going to go with snacks, right? You're going to fly up here?
0: I'm going to get tickets from SeatGeek.
1: You're going to get tickets from SeatGeek. I'll drive you guys, um, and I'll drop you off, and I'll pick you up. Um... Uh, and that's what Bobby and Snacks are going to do next summer using SeatGeek. They have sports concerts concerts and festivals and so much more. Every ticket is backed by their buying guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. We got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. Bobby Skinner, you, and Snacks will be glad you did when you go see Creed.
0: So Daniel Jones was clear for contact Sunday before the Giants game. The news and the takes around this infuriated me. First of all, I will say, me and Jordan Renan don't hate each other. Um, I was texting him on the side, telling him you to did call tweet. him a dickwad. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but here is the thing: is he's the only person, person on the beat I am comfortable with doing that, and he was calling me Dent. so I felt it was uh, <laughs> like we're we're, we're the only person on the beat I am comfortable enough to do that to. Um, And I was telling him, like, tweet back at me. I was like, you finally have the public on your side and you're not going to tweet back at me. Um, Before I go into my rant, because you said you disagree with me on something, what do you disagree with me on?
1: I mean, I don't even know your full stance because there were so many tweets that were being fired off this morning. Um, Here's what I, so here's what you said that I quote tweeted you. I would understand not starting Daniel Jones yesterday because Tyrod Taylor got all the first-team reps in practice. But why was he ruled out on Friday when the week before he was questionable? They had to have some idea that he'd be cleared, right? So then here was my response to that. I don't think it's crazy to believe the Giants were taking it week by week with Tyrod since he was operating the offense better than DJ, taking a let's-not-rush-things approach. DJ was going to return at some point, and DJ was also going to return and start at some point. But now with Tyrod hurt, the timeline is accelerated a little bit more, and I'm not even that doesn't that's not me implying that Daniel Jones is rushed back. It's just implying that well they can't take their time anymore because now Tyrod Taylor's hurt, and you're not going to start Tommy DeVito. And I also don't think it's I I don't think it's impossible to also think that the Giants put like a uh, like a deadline. Like all right, if Daniel Jones is not cleared by contact by Friday, then Daniel Jones. Is not going to play. He was not cleared by Friday. But this is the thing that that doesn't make sense. Why was that sense, deadline Bobby. not
0: put there for the Commanders game?
1: This is the thing that doesn't make sense because let's just say if there is a deadline that's set in place for Friday because Friday is the day that we're going to rule him out or not. This is from Dan Duggan today, uh, October 30th at 11:50 a.m. Dable said Daniel Jones met with the spinal surgeon pregame and they did his tests. Dable said he was told after the game that Jones would be ready for next week. Dable said those tests occurred on Friday before the Washington game when Jones was listed as questionable. Dable didn't say why this week's appointment was scheduled for Sunday morning instead of Friday or Saturday. That's the part that makes zero sense. Zero sense.
0: Agreed. I want to go through the timeline. Also, I just want to say I'm glad Daniel Jones is back.
1: Yes, very glad. Wish we were on a three-game winning streak.
0: The timeline. You make him questionable for the Commander's game, right? He does not play in the Commander's game. Then he practices all week without clearance for contact, but as a scout team quarterback. So in team drills, but just not with the first team. So he's getting the same workload that he would be getting even if he was cleared cleared for contact, right? If they cleared him for contact last Tuesday, he would have gotten the same. Well, he would have played with the starters, but like just practice workload, he would have got the same thing. Then he gets ruled out on Friday. Then he's cleared for contact before 1130 a.m actives and actives for the giants game Tyrod gets hurt and you put it in a qb you had no faith in to throw a forward pass here's where i'm gonna go because this is i know there's i'm gonna get list like stick with me through the whole thing one you could have daniel jones and tommy devito both active and it doesn't take up an extra roster spot because of the qb3 rule you cannot put daniel jones as a starter uh after not getting preparation as QB1, right? You give Tyra out the start. But not having DJ as quarterback two, to me, is where they totally screwed this up. Well, it's the Jets' defense, and it's raining. Well, first, you don't need a heavy passing game plan if you get put in that emergency situation. And guess what? It's better than what you had with DeVito. Because if you have Daniel Jones out there, even if it's not a heavy passing game plan, you're not doing five step drops. You're getting the ball out quick. It is so much better than what you have out there with Tommy DeVito. Second, what do the words "cleared for contact together" mean to everyone? Because this is a third party medical like uh, clearance. This isn't this isn't a coach trying to save his job. They don't clear you for next week. If he wasn't ready for for to, that game at that moment. If he wasn't ready at that moment, he would not have been cleared. There's no, oh, well, he's not ready now, but he'll be ready next week. That's not what a third party independent medical doctor does. He's either clear for contact now or he's clear or he's not clear for contact. That's all with these neck injuries. Uh if he wasn't fully ready, he wouldn't be cleared. Resting a week will not help with re injury uh on this. He had three weeks, and now it is time for him to go. It is time. Okay, the three weeks you're dealing with an injury. We're not rushing you back, but now at this moment, you have been cleared for contact.
1: Well, they ruled him well, out on Friday, and that's the issue.
0: Bam, he wasn't cleared on Friday, so they, they uh, they're not going to play games with the injury report. The Giants don't play games Friday. with their injury report. The team had Saquon as a possibility three days after a high ankle sprain, and again, it does you no harm to make him questionable. No harm. Because, because of the QB3 rule, he doesn't take up a spot, even if he's active. Like, even if Daniel Jones wasn't cleared for contact and he, they put made him active and he, hey, he's not playing, nothing has changed about the game day roster because Tommy DeVito is still active because of the QB3 rule. Um, it literally does no harm to not make him questionable. He was ruled out on a Friday. Well, guess what? That If that's the defense. Well, guess what? That was a huge fuck up by them if he was ruled out on a Friday because he was cleared Sunday morning before the game. You're telling me that on Friday, if they did do a test on him, they couldn't get – he might be ready for Sunday to be QB2, emergency QB2. And the idea that, oh, well, it's the time he showed up. He showed up at 9.45. You're telling me that DJ couldn't have a little bit of a late breakfast and show up to get a test on Sunday morning? Again, to be quarterback too whoa justin bobby you don't take chances with neck injuries then why is he playing seven days later why is he playing next week if you don't take chances because that is not what medically cleared by a third party does again not some coach trying to save his job forcing this quarterback in he was medically cleared by a third party that means he is ready that means no more rest is helping so I don't even want to get into conspiracy theories of like, hey, they didn't want to deal with the optics of Daniel Jones being a backup QB for a week because they thought that they wouldn't get put in that emergency situation of Tyrod Taylor being injured. So it's it, here's where I'll say, okay, if, let's say you're right. Then they should have signed a quarterback three weeks ago to be the backup. Here's my so theory. They
1: screwed up one way or the other. Dr. Jones is the third party consultant. Yeah, it's really funny. Daniel Jones and Dr. Jones. they joke about it all the time. they have, they have the same last name. Dr. Jones last Friday lets Daniel Jones know. Hey man, we have the appointment today. Ah, still not cleared for contact. Oh your left side's still a little weak. okay. Well, bad news man. I'm going on vacation. I'll be back on I'll be back on Saturday. We can't have the appointment on Friday. so I'll be back on Saturday. Let's have another appointment on Sunday. Oh shit! You're cleared. Oh, isn't that funny? You were already ruled out, so you can't play. Come on. Oh man, sorry. I was sorry. I was on vacation, and we couldn't have silly. the same appointment on Friday. That's my theory on what happened.
0: It's the silliest shit I've ever
1: heard in my life. Well, it's true. I I, I think it happened. I got a text earlier. <laughs> silly man, being silly now. Like, but, but I mean, that, that's what sh- it, that's what it comes down to, Bobby. It comes down to the appointment that was the previous Friday of the Commanders game, where he was not cleared. If that same appointment happens on Friday before they rule him out, and he's cleared on Friday, which maybe he wouldn't have been, maybe he wouldn't have been. I don't know what the difference is between Friday and Sunday. Maybe he wouldn't have been cleared on Friday, but let's just say he was because he was cleared two days later. He's cleared on Friday. They have the same appointment one week later. Daniel Jones may help. He may not play but he may or, or he may not start but he helps you maybe win the game against the new york jets on sunday and then you maybe win you the game if he's qb2 and then may, you know then it's crazy how things happen maybe you don't trade leonard williams away and then maybe you're still feeling like the season's in, but i'm not
0: know. gonna that's a bullshit butterfly effect to justify moves that's like when no, people I, are I, I know like, well it's a, it a good thing to hire joe judge because then we have Brian, like that's i i trust joe shane to be sober enough to not let a went over the jets change what you do with the trade deadline um and if he did if he wasn't then that's not good Ah, uh, but again he traded Kadarius tony amidst a, a six and two team so i think he had some i think he has a ability to look at the right, but you're missing
1: you're, you're missing the majority of my point is that it comes down to the difference in the appointment being on sunday and the appointment being on friday
0: but again this still just should not make a de- like then there's no there's no harm and making him questionable. Yep. I texted idea, this to the idea. Well, snacks. the Giants aren't going to play games with their injury report. Well, first of all, yes, they do, and they do it a lot to where it's like, and an, it annoys people how much they do it too. It's not a game. He was he was cleared. It's not a game to say he's questionable because guess what? He was cleared to play. And again, I'm not saying I, I, again the conspiracy theory that makes the most sense. and I'm not saying this is why because it's it's not sourced up and it's not a fact. Is that? Having Daniel Jones active as your QB two is bad optics when you gave him a forty million dollar contract, and there being some good stuff around Tyrod Taylor, and the fact that Tyrod Taylor would probably struggle, and you'd be hearing "put DJ in, he's cleared, he's ready to go" type stuff. Um, that is the conspiracy theory again. It makes sense, but it's not a fact. But uh, you, there's no, there was no harm in making him questionable when he was questionable one week before. Stop talking to me about like this. We're dealing with seventeen opportunities in the NFL, this multi-billion-dollar organization, and we're blaming time of doctor appointments as a reason why. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. That's a conspiracy theory. Doctor Jones was
1: on vacation, Bobby. What are you gonna do? Um. So I was texting snacks earlier this or earlier today too about this. This could just be a. I'm getting older and I'm paying attention to more things now. I remember growing up. Guys were never ruled out on Friday, Thursday, Friday, at the same rate that they are now. Everybody would go into game day as questionable, doubtful. I mean, they they took away probable.
0: I think they've changed some of that stuff because of fantasy football and betting.
1: Oh, okay. All right. I I think there's more urgency
0: on teams to be a little more transparent on Friday. Still. This is but your quarter- still, the Giants, or, there's one thing that doesn't do that. The Giants had Saquon Barkley, you know, that's maybe playing against the 49ers.
1: This is your quarterback. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, <laughs> there's, there's you're no telling good, ex- me, you're, what, what incentive does Brian Dable have from the NFL or from fucking the sports books to, to declare Daniel Jones out on Friday, as opposed to waiting for the examination to occur on Sunday to make a decision?
0: The, the the most response I've gotten is like you're not going to throw him out there against the Jets defense in the rain. Well, then he shouldn't have been medically cleared if that if Correct. that's the reason why he shouldn't have then he wouldn't have been medically cleared.
1: What's the difference with this offensive line and Evan Neal or whoever at right tackle going up against Max Crosby next week? If that's your reasoning because he can't go up against the Jets in the rain, we play the Cowboys
0: he, in two weeks, Justin. That's going to be insane. Like that he again, shouldn't be going up
1: against anybody.
0: Again, if you don't take chances with neck injuries, he should not be playing the rest of the season.
1: This is not the 2014 Cowboys offensive line that we have. Breaking news. Daniel Jones is gonna get hit no matter what.
0: Yes. He's going to get hit this week versus the Raiders. All right, Justin, we want to talk I want to talk about Saquon Barkley a little bit too. First, this episode is sponsored by Shady Rays. I love Shady Rays. Although there's some shady shit going on with the DJ clearance, the Rays are shady. They're not shady about their business. This is the season of giving. Give the perfect gift for a special someone. Yourself or both. I prefer both. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Wow, you northerners can use those snow goggles. Or you southerners going up north like me this weekend. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers an unrivaled product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and world class optics for all outdoor adventures. And if you're into winter sports, their quick swap. Snow lenses move effortlessly between full sun to low light environments. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements, which again is like the coolest shit ever. And guess what? They're not going to ask you questions. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out a very great deal for the season. Go to shadyrays.com and use code giants for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's a great deal. Try for yourself the shady the shades rated 5 stars by over 250,000 people named Ray. You'll be glad you did. Uh reports. I actually want to read them both cuz you have one from Joe and one from The Athletic. Uh On Saquon Barkley is Shotina. Inquiries have still arisen on Giants running back Saquon Barkley, but said teams are being told he isn't going anywhere. Barkley is not only a core piece, but the clear face of the franchise. Then Jeff Howe of The Athletic. Teams have continued continued to call the Giants about running back Saquon Barkley, but they've been told he's definitely not available per sources. The Giants were open about this last week, but it hasn't stopped teams from trying. So you have teams being a little persistent, and the Giants are just saying no, right? And I'm actually not in this big rush to trade Saquon. Like, I actually would need, like, a decent haul back for him to think it's worth it. But you could not extend him coming off of a playoff win. And now, and and you were looking to win this year. And now you're, like, in a bad situation, Justin. His highest efficiency number was Week 1 versus the Dallas Cowboys in a 40-0 to zero loss. He hasn't hit over four yards per carry, which four yards per carry is, like, the like the minimum bar for me for, like, a good game for a running back. Now, this last game is a, an exception because of the situation, which is not a Saquon Barkley stat, but more of a Giants where they're at stat, yes. right? Where they have this great offensive – they have this great running back, but yet he's still not being efficient for the most part. To not even pick, like, to not even explore these, right? And negotiations happen is like, they call, they offer, then you see, like, and you can, f- to not even explore on a guy who's missed four out of, you know, games, four of the last five years, I, to me, is bad. And I hate to do this shit because it's, if it's not confirmed, but this is one of the few times where I will say that Mara influence, has to be a little bit upon this like you just can't deny it like the the whole like the face of the franchise shit like that's this is one of those times where you to me you can't you can't deny it because it's to not even just to not explore trades not saying go out there and look for whatever is the best deal you can get but to not explore trades when you just got a second and fifth for Leonard williams and no one believes you could do that to me is is not good
1: at all I think you're saying the Mara theory simply because it's something that's not good and it's something that doesn't make sense, which I don't want to. So I don't want to. I don't want to like be like, yeah, I agree with you. I think this is Mara influence because it's again, not- it's not a hundred percent right. Like right. when people say that with it the Daniel Jones like contract,
0: it. I don't say that for the Daniel Jones contract at all. Like I understand the thinking about it, and there's like plenty of people around who like, hey, this is reasonable, even though again, we think TJ won the contract by about four mil per year, right?
1: So I don't uh, I don't want to like say that and be like, oh, I totally agree with you." Even though it feels like it, like I 100% agree. But here's like my my main question right now with Saquon Barkley, Bobby, because we went all offseason talking about Joe Shane is kind of treating him like a piece of crap, kind of being, you know, That's the crazy thing. We're all Saquon Barkley tried to do and say this offseason is I want to be a giant for life. I want to be a giant for life. And everything that the Giants did as an organization said the opposite. So now so now we're at the trade deadline and a week before the trade deadline the Giants are telling Saquon Barkley and they're telling the public and they're telling the rest of the 31 other teams that he's not available. What what is the plan? What is the plan with Saquon Barkley? That Again, is my question.
0: I agree. Coming off of a playoff year where he's fully healthy, has a great year and you're not willing to extend him then. Right? And not for some Luke like crazy deal but not willing to extend him then (laughs) franchise tag him like like you said it'd be one like like if they if they extended him in the offseason like okay there's some reason to this even though a lot of people disagree with it but to like you said to do all that and then make him the priority of like hey we will we refuse to listen to anything to me, it's contra it's contradiction. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 it's, con- it's a contradiction, which is why I think it's like the Justina Anderson line of like he's the face of the franchise too, It's like he is I don't know. I, I hate being in this because I do I, like I, I, can I, I
1: give you my opinion? I think that's Josina adding her her line for one of her guys and one of her that's boys. Fair, that's fair. That's I fair. I Josina Just, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a reading the tea leaves of what is reporting, what's coming from the Giants' building. I think that's Jocena back in one of her boys. And I think that's totally fine. Like Jocena, go do what you got to do. Um, and again, it's not a
0: leverage play because this is coming from the other organizations saying like, hey, we're calling and they're just not – they are not doing that at all. Yeah. Um. And that's what's been – I mean, they literally – when has Brian Dable ever came out and said, no, we're not trading this guy? Like, when has he ever just been open about shit like that? And they literally went and told Sa- – they told Saquon Barkley – we're not trading you. So the to do that and then go and trade him would be again, there'd be a lot of contradictions here, but again, it's it's just a very weird situation.
1: No, you um, can't trade him now. You told you can't. This is the one time where it's like locker room and you know, team chemistry and things like that. And you know, if if you don't want to sign Saquon Barkley, Joe Shane never promised Saquon Barkley anything, and that's the strange thing about this. Joe Shane never said I, I, I promise that we're going to bring Saquon Barkley back. Like, he's our guy. He is the franchise. Throughout last year, he was very Like stern. he did with DJ. He did it with DJ. He was like, DJ's our guy. We're we're going to find a way to work it out with DJ. Never did that with Saquon Barkley. This is the first time that Saquon Barkley has been promised anything under the Joe Shane, Brian Debel era, And it's arguably the thing that makes the least amount of sense to promise him because you you could, again, just keep it private. I would rather you keep it private and in-house even if Joe Shane and Brian will be like, I don't, we don't want to deal him. Just keep it in house until 4 p.m. on Tuesday and then go up to him and say, Hey, man, we had your back. You weren't going to be traded. And I, maybe you were sweating there for a hot sec, but we got your back. We want you here. And then you deal with it after the fact. But I hate that they did it a week ago and they're like, All right, nope, we're not trading you. Because then now the phone calls are starting to come in and it's like, Well, you already dug your grave. Now you got a lie in it. And
0: here's the thing: I'm not in a rush. Like, if you said fifth round for Saquon, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think keeping him for another year or two, even especially if they were to get a new QB, would help. Um, right? Like, a, like a fifth round pick probably is not going to be more impactful than Saquon Barkley. Um, but again, you just got a second and fifth for Leo. Yeah. Like to not explore it, to me, is what's wrong. Yeah. And that's but saying what like- you
1: said last week puts you in this predicament. Like you could have just yeah. kept your mouth shut, and you could have just been like, "Oh, we'll see." You know we, you know we'll 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 see what for you know four p.m. No on one really reported
0: that Saquon was being traded. Like the rumors were literally reporters just not having stories and saying like,
1: oh, yeah, what, what what can drum up some clicks? Could Saquon be traded? So I don't I don't understand the rush to be like, well, he's not like. Why did you need to say that one week ago? Um, again, I'm I'm not call, I'm not calling for Saquon Mark to be traded. I, I think it, I think the plan, Bobby, I think he's going to take a really team friendly deal this off season.
0: Which would be great. Like, if it's a truly team-friendly deal, I, I'm all for it. He's caved in everything. Everything yeah. so far.
1: Saquon Barkley has caved and has just said, I want to be here, I want to be here, I want to be here. I think because of the year that the Giants are having, because of the year that he's going to have, where he's not going to get anything close to what he did last year, he missed some games. I think he's going to take a really team-friendly deal, and it's going to make the rest of the, his his peer running backs very pissed off. And it could help him more financially by
0: doing that because of being in the New York market and shit, which is never, never a reason, like, agents will, like, never let you do that, Um, like, just take, like, for the most part, but it would help him, like, like you said with Legacy, like, staying, like... I saw someone tweet it today, and I wish I would saw I remember who it was. I could credit them. It wasn't like a report or anything, but it's like he wants to build a legacy. A la Barry Sanders, right? Staying with one team and Barry Sanders, despite the fact that never won a game, like is still a huge part of that Lions organization. Um, Let's look at something really quick. So, it's it's just it's just, but like again, you got a second and a fifth for Leo. Like shop around, and see maybe you get a second for Saquon, right? Like if if you got a second for Saquon, you should take that.
1: I said this past week that Saquon Barkley passed Alex Webster for for fifth all-time in franchise rushing yards. Recently passed Ahmad Bradshaw this year for seventh. Passed Frank Gifford for ninth this year. (laughs) So next on the list. He's going to get about 500, 600 more yards this year, so he's going to pass Brandon Jacobs for fourth. He needs 400... It would take a
0: lot to pass Tiki. I mean, Tiki has borderline Hall of Fame numbers.
1: He needs about six hundred yards to pass Joe Morris, and then he needs about twenty uh, two hundred to pass Rodney Hampton.
0: So he'll probably end up second, second all time as long as he doesn't have like a ACL tear type injury.
1: Yeah, but I guarantee Tiki, had which 53. is like if
0: he stays, with, like he could end up being in the Giants Ring of Honor. Like it's it's pretty realistic to think that.
1: Yeah, and I i mean, I—I I guarantee he looks at this list that I'm looking at right now. I want to be number one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Where's he, Daniel he... Jones in this, by the way? What franchise rushing history of the Giants? Where's Daniel Jones in this? He's gotta be top twenty-five. I'll say twenty-first because I love the. Geez, that is, you are exactly right. I was looking at it. No, come on.
0: <laughs> so he—he he will definitely be third all time, and there's a good chance he's second. It would take a miracle for him to get... He'd, he'd need like an Adrian Peterson type end of career to be first all the time. Which when we do have an, Tiki on the pod... Like I'm going to start uh, being like he, Tiki for Hall of Fame. His numbers are so borderline and... You know what? If, if Terrell Davis got in, Tiki should be in. Um... Alright Justin, that's an episode. We'll be back. Probably going to do a mailbag. Not 100% sure, but we'll probably do a mailbag tomorrow. I do want to talk about Cave On and stuff. And also I just want to put the clip out so we can get some uh, new viewers from that. Because Carl be Banks
1: promoted. asked us, uh, he said, I can't wait to listen to Talking Giants. This week.
0: <laughs> I, know, I know, so we kind of have to do that and put it out with a link. Um, like the full segment too, like I did last week. Should we do full- hashtag
1: tell a friend to tell a friend?
0: No, we'll just put make sure the link is in there so people click on the full episode. Oh, Okay. Um, Should we tag,
1: call, that's, we that's tag Carl? That's called marketing,
0: Banks? people. You don't hear that on other podcasts. You got to tag, right, tag have,
1: Carl Banks, huh?
0: You got to tag no, he'll Carl see Banks. It. He'll see it. He's he'll see like,
1: it. here, Carl. No, here it no, is. He'll,
0: he'll see it. He'll see it. Um, we love Carl Banks. Never said. Never. Um, never disagreed with him on anything. All right. We'll see you guys for a mailbag tomorrow. You know, we're doing a mailbag tomorrow. Not a maybe. We're doing a freaking mailbag. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go big blue.